Legendary Passages, Episode 94, 20th Argonauts The Children, Part 5 of Euripides Medea Previously, Medea hatched a plan of vengeance upon her husband Jason, his new bride, and their children. In this passage, Medea pretends to make peace, and so that her children may escape banishment, prepares a golden crown and robes for Jason's new bride. The Children, Part 5 A Legendary Passage from Euripides Medea Translated by E. P. Coleridge Sons of Erechtheus, heroes happy from of yore, children of the blessed gods, fed on wisdom's glorious food in a holy land, ne'er pillaged by its foes, ye who move with sprightly step through a climate ever bright and clear, where, as legend tells the muses nine, Pieria's holy maids were brought to birth by Harmonia with the golden hair. And poets sing how Cyprus drawing water from the streams of fair-flowing Cephasus breathes over the land a gentle breeze of balmy winds, and ever as she crowns her tresses with a garland of sweet rosebuds, sends forth the loves to sit by wisdom's side, to take part in every excellence. How then shall the city of sacred streams, the land that welcomes those it loves, receive thee, the murderess of thy children, thee whose presence with others is a pollution? Think on the murder of thy children, Consider the bloody deed thou takest on thee. Nay, by thy knees we, one and all, implore thee, slay not the babes. Where shall hand or heart find hardihood enough in wrecking such a fearsome deed upon thy sons? How wilt thou look upon thy babes, and still without a tear restrain thy bloody purpose? Thou canst not, when they fall at thy feet for mercy, Steal thy heart, and dip in their blood thy hand. Jason enters. I am come at thy bidding, for even though thy hate for me is bitter, thou shalt not fail in this small boon, but I will hear what new request thou hast to make of me, lady. Jason, I crave thy pardon for the words I spoke, and well thou mayest brook my burst of passion, For ere now we twain have shared much love. For I have reasoned with my soul, and railed upon me thus. Ah, poor heart, why am I thus distraught? Why so angered against all good advice? Why have I come to hate the rulers of the land? My husband, too, who does the best for me he can, in wedding with a princess, in rearing for my children noble brothers? Shall I not cease to fret? What possesses me when heaven its best doth offer? Have I not children to consider? Do I forget that we are fugitives in need of friends? When I had thought all of this, I saw how foolish I had been, how senselessly enraged. So now I do commend thee and thank thee most wise in forming this connection for us. But... I was mad. I should have shared these designs, helped on thy plans, and lent my aid to bring about the match. 
only too pleased to wait upon thy bride. But what we are, we are, we women, evil I will not say. Wherefore thou shouldest not shrink to our sorry level, nor with our weapons meet our childishness. I yield and do confess that I was wrong then, but now I have come to a better mind. Come hither, my children, come, leave the house, step forward, and with me greet and bid farewell to your father. Be reconciled from all past bitterness unto your friends, as now your mother is, for we have made a truce, and anger is no more. The attendant comes out of the house with the children. Take his right hand, ah me, my sad fate, when I reflect as now upon the hidden future. O oh, my children, since there awaits you even thus a long, long life, stretch forth the hand to take a fond farewell. Ah me, how new to tears am I, how full of fear, for now that I have at last released me from my quarrel with your father, I let the teardrops stream down my tender cheek. From my eyes, too, birth force the copious tear. Oh, may no greater ill than the present error befall. Lady, I praise this conduct, not that I blame what is past, for it is but natural to the female sex to vent their spleen against a husband when he traffics in other marriages beside his own. But thy heart is changed to wiser schemes, and thou art determined on the better course, late though it be. This is acting like a woman of sober sense. And for you, my sons, hath your father provided with all good heed a sure refuge, by God's grace. For ye, I trow, shall with your brother share hereafter the foremost rank in this Corinthian realm. Only grow up. For all the rest your sire, and whoso of the gods is kind to us, is bringing to pass. May I see you reach man's full estate, high over the heads of those I hate. But thou, lady, why with fresh tears dost thou thine eyelids wet, turning away thy wan cheek, with no welcome for these my happy tidings? Tis not upon these children's my thoughts were turned. Then take heart, for I will see that it is well with them. I will do so, nor will I doubt thy word. Woman is a weak creature, ever given to tears. Why, pry thee, unhappy one, dost moan o'er these children? I gave them birth, and when thou did pray a long life for them, pity entered into my soul to think that these things must be. But... The reason of thy coming hither to speak with me is partly told. The rest will I now mention. Since it is the pleasure of the rulers of the land to banish me, and while I know t'were best for me to stand not in the way of thee or the rulers by dwelling here, enemy as I am thought unto their house, forth from this land in exile I am going, but these children, that they may know thy fostering hand, beg Creon, to remit their banishment. I doubt whether I can persuade him, yet must I attempt it. 
At least do thou bid thy wife ask her sire this boon to remit the exile of the children from this land. Thee, that will I, and methinks I shall persuade, since she is a woman like the rest. I too will aid thee in this task, for by the children's hand I will send her gifts that far surpass in beauty. I well know, aught that now is seen amongst men, a robe of finest tissue, and a chaplet of chaste gold. But one of my servants must haste and bring the ornaments hither. A servant goes into the house. Happy shall she be, not once alone, but ten thousandfold, for in thee she wins the noblest soul to share her love, and gets these gifts as well which on the day my father's sire, the sun god, bestowed on his descendants. The servant returns and hands the gifts to the children. My children, take in your hands these wedding gifts and bear them as an offering to the royal maid, the happy bride, for verily the gifts she shall receive are not to be scorned. But why so rashly rob thyself of these gifts? Dost think a royal palace wants for robes or gold? Keep them, nor give them to another. For well I know that if my lady hold me in esteem, she will set my price above all wealth. Say not so, tis said that gifts tempted even gods, and o'er men's minds gold holds more potent sway than countless words. Fortune smiles upon thy bride, and heaven now doth swell her triumph. Youth is hers, and princely power, yet to save my children from exile, I would barter life, not dross alone. Children, when we are to come to the rich palace, pray your father's new bride, my mistress, with suppliant voice to save you from exile. Offer these ornaments the while, for it is most needful that she receives the gifts by her own hand. Now go, and linger not. May ye succeed, and your mother bring back glad tidings she fain would hear. Jason, the attendant and the children go out together. Gone, gone is every hope I had that the children yet might live. Forth to their doom they now proceed. The hapless bride will take, I take, the golden crown that is to be her ruin, and with her own hand she will lift and place upon the golden locks the garniture of death. Its grace and sheen divine will tempt her to put on the robe and crown of gold, and in that act she will deck herself to be a bride amid the dead. Such is the snare whereinto she will fall, such is the deadly doom that waits the hapless maid, nor shall she from the curse escape. And thou, poor wretch, who to thy sorrow art wedding a king's daughter, Little thinkest of the doom thou art bringing on thy children's life, or of the cruel death that waits thy bride. Woe is thee! How art thou fallen from thy high estate! Next do I bewail thy sorrows, O mother hapless in thy children, thou who wilt slay the babes because thou hast a rival, the babes thy husband hath deserted impiously to join him to another bride. The attendant enters with the children. 
Thy children, lady, are from exile freed, and gladly did the royal bride accept thy gifts with her own hands. Ah. Why art so disquieted in thy prosperous hour? Why turnest thou thy cheek away, and hast no welcome for my glad news? Ah, me. These groans but ill accord with the news I bring. Ah, me, once more I say. Have I unwittingly announced some evil tidings? Have I erred in thinking my news was good? Mm. Thy news is as it is. I blame thee not. Why then this downcast eye, these floods of tears? Old friend, needs I must weep, for the gods and I with fell intent devise these schemes. Be of good cheer. Thou too of a surety shalt by thy sons yet be brought home again. Ere that I shall bring others to their home. Ah, woe is me. Thou art not the only mother from thy children reft. Bear patiently thy troubles as a mortal must. I will obey. Go thou within the house, and make the day's provision for the children. The attendant enters the house. This passage continues next episode, as Medea's plan comes to fruition, and the fate of the princess is revealed by a palace messenger.